It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast night on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard this inspirational flight with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, Mr. Man of Purpose himself, your host, J.R. Dicklin. Welcome to our inaugural debut of Hope and Healing, A Journey to Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I am your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm absolutely delighted that you have joined us here, right here on the Soul of America Radio Network, and we're so glad to be a part of this new family here with a message that we believe that you will find not only interesting, intriguing, but most of all, I think that you will find a place of hope and a place of healing. So I'm glad that you're stopped in. I hope that you will share with a friend or a, a coworker, a neighbor, let them know that Hope and Healing is on the airway even now. It doesn't matter where they are or where they're located. Uh, please direct them to soulofamericaradio.com. And right there, they will see, as you see there, where we are with the Hope and Healing tab. And if not, have them to call in at 323 784 9638, and they can call in and listen and be a part of the show today. Well, once again, I cannot say enough how elated I am to be with you on this first show, this inaugural show here of Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And I want to just get right into the show. Many of you that might be listening for the first time, and of course for the first time listening to me, but could be the first time that you're listening to uh, Internet radio, but this is a time that I want to invite you into my world, and I want to share that with you because this is about hope and healing. Well, first of all, as you heard the announcer say there, that this show is about addressing issues, not only domestic violence, domestic abuse, but abuse, pain, hurt rejection, dejection, uh, violence, and the things that so many have experienced. And we want to address this from a perspective where we can bring hope and healing. So when we talk about this, we're talking about it can happen from many different directions and from many different causes, but we want to be a lifeline to you. We want to be a source of encouragement. We want to be a source of strength. We want to be a source of information and inspiration to you as well. So as we begin this journey here on Hope and Healing, I want to just share a little bit with you, and it's my pleasure to invite you here with us on the Soul of America Radio. And I want to talk a little bit about 
who I am and why am I doing this. Spend a little time so that you'll be familiar uh, with me and my platform and why I do the things I do. Of J.R. Thicklin, as you heard, uh, uh, activist and author and advocate inside of the issues of not only domestic violence and abuse, but also inside of the issue of what we call fatherlessness, meaning uh, children that are suffering from the absenteeism of father. So those are two main issues for us inside of what we address. Domestic violence is something that has been very dear to my heart for a number of years. I've been on the front line and addressing domestic violence right at almost 20 years. Uh, I've spent a lot of time not only as an advocate, but I've spent a lot of time inside of training, inside of seminars, inside of so many things that we do. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm humble and honored to say that we are the uh, past recipient of the Governor's Peace at Home Award here in the state of Florida uh, for educating inside of the areas of domestic violence and educating children. Uh, we have been a uh, ongoing uh, advocate on the front lines. We have presented and continue to be a uh, requested trainer for the National Preventing Crime in the Black Community Conference on several occasions. In addition to that, we are um, honored to sit on the State of Florida Domestic Violence Fatality Review Team, where we have been appointed by the Attorney General. And what we do is that we're part of a team that actually oversees cases where there has been a death by domestic violence. So whether that is a homicide, a um, homicide, suicide, whether it's been a formalicide, whether whole families killed, we've had the opportunity to be on that end of not only combing through those cases, but reviewing those cases with the hopes of being able to trace the steps of the victim and the perpetrator and to find out what could have been done differently. What can we do to improve the system in responding to those that are impacted by domestic violence? What is it that we can do to make a difference there? So we've had the pleasure for the last two and a half years to be a part of the uh, State of Florida Domestic Violence Fatality Review Board. And then in addition to that, we are honored to sit as a board member on the Florida Network of Victim Witnesses Services, and uh, I'm honored to be the uh, chairperson of the uh, national and when I talk about the national movement, but when we start talking about the national movement, the Promise Coalition. So my, my experience inside of addressing domestic violence expands over a number of years. I've also have had the opportunity to author and co-author some uh, material as it relates to domestic violence. We have uh, authored a teen dating violence curriculum. We have also uh, co-authored, if you would, um, a curriculum. It's actually a guide that we did in conjunction with the Institute on Domestic Violence in the African-American community out of the University of Minnesota School of Social Work. We've done some work there, and we actually did a work on a project that was called Speaking of Faith, domestic violence programming in the African-American church. So we've spent a lot of time across the board in addressing this issue of domestic violence, and we know that it's not something that's in a vacuum. We know it's not something that ex uh, that exists in and of itself, but it's a matter that affects each and every one of us. We all know someone who have been impacted by domestic violence, and so therefore, because we've known that, this is a platform for not only the victim to have an opportunity uh, to uh, speak, to hear, to sound off, to uh, feel that they're heard, but it's also a platform for family members and loved ones who know of people that have been impacted by domestic violence. So I encourage you and I invite you to be a part of what's going on because it is a very important subject. Domestic violence impacts 
all of us. So as we go on, I want to encourage you uh, to listen in. Uh, definitely, if you want to share a comment, whatever, uh, as you're listening in, if you're listening in on 323 7849638 it will prompt you there that if you want to speak you just simply uh you just simply match the one and if you match the one it'll let us know that you want to speak and we will definitely try to get to you and be able to be a part of this inaugural broadcast of hope and healing now having said that i cannot say enough i am very thankful today for the soul of america radio family for inviting me, for making me a part of it, for allowing me to be a part of this uh, family. And I want to encourage you that as you're part of this family, that you will also uh, continue to tell others about this network. I personally want to thank uh, the president of the network, Mr. Tony Stallings, uh, for his insight, for his leadership, for his vision, and all that he has done to help build this network. And it's a network that's national across the country. Uh, there are those that are listening across all the time zones. There are those that are listening. And we believe that it's very important to have a platform to share in on such a very important topic, hope and healing. Now, when we look at the word hope, you know what hope is? I mean, uh, the dictionary will define hope as b believing that something that you desire or something that you want can happen and will happen. That is hope, having hope. And oftentimes people that have been impacted by domestic violence oftentimes have lost hope because of the nature in which they've been abused and the things that they've been subject to. But we want to be a lifeline so that one will know that there is hope and there is healing even after the abuse. And we want to be able to not only provide you with resources, but provide you with other very interesting uh, subject matter that's going to help you come out of that situation. Now, let me say this to you. Over our time together, you'll be able to listen to us every Thursday, every Thursday uh, evening at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, that's 8 o'clock Central, that's 7 o'clock Mountain, and that's 6 o'clock Pacific. So across the time zone, you can listen to us, and I invite you to invite a neighbor, invite someone that you know who may be going through something, who is definitely suffering at the hand of abuse or have gone through abuse, and they feel like they're alone. This this here platform was created for them. It's created for you. And you need to know that there is a there is a outlet for you that you can be healed, that you can find yourself on a journey of healing. And as we go forth, we're going to be having special guests in the weeks to come, uh, other experts that will be doing this type of work, other experts that we'll speak to, because we want to cover every aspect of addressing this very powerful issue of domestic violence. So Having said that, I hope that I've had the opportunity to familiarize you a little bit more with who I am and so that we'll get to know each other inside of this whole subject matter. I'm just so very happy uh, to be with you on tonight, and I hope that you will not only uh, tell somebody about it, let somebody know uh, that uh, Hope and Healing is on the airway right now, and they can go to the soulofamericaradio.com, and they can go there, and once they're on, right there to the left, they can click Hope and Healing, and they can join us in this time. And so I want to have that opportunity to share with you. So people may ask, what is domestic violence? And, man, why did you get involved inside of it? I'm glad you asked that. Domestic violence is one of the most horrific, if you would, uh, issues in our country today. We know that on a national average, and it depends on which statistics you look at, that every nine, between every nine and 12 seconds in this country, a female, namely, is, is being in a domestic violence incident. 
but every six hours, a female dies directly related to domestic violence. The domestic violence is the single greatest cause of injury, harm, and death of a female, more so than automobile accidents, rape, and muggings all combined. So we're talking about a serious epidemic. But what we want you to understand is that this epidemic can be broken. And the reality is that domestic violence occurs and it crosses every social, economic, and ethnic line. We all are impacted or we know somebody that's experienced domestic violence. The problem is is when we are silent. Our silence only fuels the issue. So I, as I stand and have been an advocate on this subject for a number of years, have written about this subject for a number of years, I want to encourage you to understand that you must break the silence, you must stand, and we must have a voice and say there is no excuse for domestic violence. I'm so glad to be airing the debut of this show on October 1. That means that October 1, which is the official beginning of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, the month of October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I do understand that it's also National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and truly I have a heart for both of those issues. Uh, My mother is a survivor of breast cancer, and uh, we're thankful for that. But I also can tell you there are so many people that are impacted by domestic violence, and that's why this issue is there. Even as I speak to you today, just in my area alone, in my place where I reside in Palm Beach County, Florida, that we had on just yesterday morning a domestic violence suicide, a murder and suicide. So we had a homicide and suicide that occurred there, a couple, a couple there who have children together, and yet it's still uh, the the husband in this case killed the wife, shot her and killed her, and uh, friends wrestled a gun from him. He made his way from where they were to his house, where he then killed himself. And we see this happening, but so often we don't remember the silent victim, and the silent victim is oftentimes the children that are that are involved, the children that are often left homeless, the children that are left are left, if you would, motherless and fatherless, and that's an impact on the on the whole entire family structure and the community at large. So those are just a few things that we want to talk about when we understand that nearly between 3.3 million to 12 million children per year either witness or are exposed to domestic violence happening in front of them. And in the future days and the future uh, shows, we're going to be talking about how does that impact them from early on until now, how does that impact them? And I want you to understand that this is a major situation. It affects every walk of life and that everyone is impacted by this serious epidemic. Well, I'm so glad the first few minutes of the show that we've gotten a chance uh, just to introduce ourselves and kind of lay the groundwork of what we're going to be doing as it relates to domestic violence. So I want you to just stay tuned, and I'll be right back with you right after the break, and I want you to enjoy this time. Tell a friend. Tell a neighbor. Welcome to another broadcast night on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to... And so even as you listen tonight, I want to tell a friend, tell a neighbor on the other side of the break. That's right. We'll be right back. Share with somebody that Hope and Healing is on the airway here on soulofamericaradio.com. I am your host, J.R. Fickman, and I will see you right on the other side of the break.
You're listening to the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 7849638 you give Jay a call right now and now back to the show And I'm with you right here with Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Thank you. Uh, just getting back from our first break today. And what a great uh, start to our inaugural program here on the Soul of America Radio. And I hope that you're listening today and that you would share with someone uh, that they can reach us. They can go to Soul of America, www.soulofamericaradio.com, and they can tab right over there to the left side. You will hit Hope and Healing, and it will bring them right on. Or you can call in and listen to us live at Erico 323-784-9638. So I want to go back into where we were early today, and we're just talking about domestic violence and abuse and those things. And I want to be very careful that I I really lay out the right picture, because so often when people mention domestic violence, we see the most extreme situation. We see the extreme situation that happened. We don't think about what are the things that that precedes that. What are the pre curses to the black eyes, the broken ribs, the broken uh, the broken bones and those things there. Because surely when a person gets involved in a relationship, they're not looking to see the relationship being abusive. As, as a matter of fact, most people are trying to see the best inside of an individual. So what we have to understand is that we need to understand those early warning signs. How do a person know that they're in an abusive relationship? How can they detect that long before they're hit? Because what you need to understand that by the time a person is hit, they're already in danger because it generally will escalate from that point on. So I want to make sure that we're totally familiar and totally aware of the fact that when we address domestic violence, that it's not just about physical abuse. We're talking about it being also mental 
We're talking about it being emotional. We're talking about it being verbal or psychological. And definitely we're talking about sexual abuse, sexual violence. Rape is a part of that. And then beyond that is what we call economical abuse when we see uh, the domination of finances. So it's not just a matter of being hit. It's a matter of just even the mental things that happen. you got to understand. One thing about uh, black eye, those things there, and I don't minimize them, but those, uh, I mean, bruises can go away. I mean, you can apply cocoa butter, and they will go away after a period of time. But that's not always so easy when it comes to your spirit, when you have been bruised emotionally, when you have been dejected, when you have been made to feel like you're inadequate, that you're nothing, uh, when you're being manipulated and controlled, when you're being put down, called names, and told that you're nothing, you'll never be nothing, when you're being told that you won't amount to nothing, when you're being blamed for everything. Those are all signs of being in an abusive relationship. The need to control where you go, know where you are at all times, uh, literally tracking you down, uh, you know, almost like they've got to put out APB on you when you're out of their presence. So all of those things are very early warning signs that we need to be aware of when we are addressing uh, dealing with relationship. So it doesn't always just come as a volunteer and say, hey, my name is Jim. I'm abusive. You know, I will abuse you. That's not what we see. But we oftentimes see it in early behavior. We see it happening, and oftentimes we want to dismiss it. But it is very serious signs that you have to look at. So the need to control. One of the things that we often say in the early going of a relationship is when there is a push for involvement, when there's a quick push for involvement. In other words, when they are really pressing you to be in relationship and uh, there's this very quick rush to saying I love you and you know and we're going to be together and those type things there they're also signs because normally what we see is a sign of possessiveness very early on and not only is there a sign of possessiveness very early on but there's a sign of ownership that comes very early on so you have to know a little bit more about the individual what is their background how do they view relationship what is their family history. What is their role? What is their view on, on the roles of gender? How, how do they feel about a person? How do they feel about a woman uh, making more money than they do? How do they feel about a woman who is uh, progressive and strong? All of these things are things that you need to understand early on because it could be the difference between that person being controlling or abusive and oftentimes seeking to dominate and to uh, exhibit uh, power and control inside the relationship. So when we start talking about domestic violence, it is not just the physical abuse. I want to make sure you understand that. It's those early warning signs, the put-down, the name-calling, calling you names, you know, calling you the B word and those things of, uh, that sounds like that, uh, degrading you, isolating you from family and friends, making you feel that no one else will want you. All of those things are early warning signs inside of an abusive relationship. Now, you have to examine yourself because if you're an individual who feels that you've not been validated, if you're an individual that feels like you have not been loved, and the fact that you are really um, – you're really just really pleased and you're so excited because someone is showing you attention, these warning signs may go right over your head. You might feel that the reason why this person is blowing up your phone and calling you and texting you every other minute is because they love you. But the reality is that it's a matter of control, a matter of trying to control you, need to know where you are at all times, want to uh, accuse you of lying, accuse you of doing things that you're not doing. 
These are early warning signs, and you need to be cognizant of it. Don't be blind by the talk. Don't be blind by the gifts. Don't be blind by the bling. Don't be blind by any of those things. You've got to recognize that when this individual is uh, exhibiting this type of controlling behavior, it is the beginning symptoms of abuse. And when it's those beginning symptoms, you have to pay very close attention because there's a pattern that begins to develop there where uh, they might make it seem like they can't be without you. And that may sound great to you depending on what your history is. You've been in relationships before. Uh, you didn't feel significant. Now all of a sudden you have someone who wants to be up under you all the time, don't want you out of their sight. And you may feel uh, pretty validated or fulfilled for a period of time until you begin to notice that now it's becoming overbearing. Now they want to keep up with you every moment. It's almost like being uh, being in cahoots with Inspector Gadget. They've got to be there with you, so you need to know these early warning signs. This individual who does not allow you to have an identity, this individual who all of a sudden wants to cut off your communication with everyone that you've known, these things are very crucial when you begin to understand early warning signs. And who gets involved in those type relationships? Oh, oh, did you say people that are not educated, people that are not wrapped too tight, people that are not uh, too well-rounded? Well, I'm here to tell you that you're totally wrong because the reality is is that domestic violence crosses all of those lines. It doesn't really matter how formally educated you are. It doesn't matter even what your economic bracket is. The, re, the reality is that a domestic violence is an equal opportunity destroyer. It crosses every social, economic, and ethnic line. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It doesn't matter whether you're Christian or whether you're Muslim. It doesn't matter who you are, Jew or Gentile. The reality, domestic violence affects each and every one of us. So let's stop downplaying and thinking, well, it only happens to people that don't know any better, people that are silly. You need to understand that domestic violence does impact every walk of life. There was a research done here just a few years ago that was very startling. It was done by one of our Ivy League universities that often talked, I mean, that actually said these words here, that women, educated women of color, were more at risk of domestic violence than their uneducated counterparts. Now, how do you go and how do you reconcile that? Because we tend to think, well, if I'm intelligent, if I am smart, this won't happen to me. I will recognize the sign. Not necessarily, because what you need to understand is that it does happen. And not only does it happen, but it happens in a big way. And when you miss the early warning signs inside of domestic violence, when you miss those warning signs, that is where the trouble happens at. Because you go in really thinking intellectually that I know this individual, I love the way that they treat me, I know the, I love the way that they are about doing things for me, but you have to understand the early warning sign, the control mechanism, where you're going, the track you down. You just started talking. You just started getting involved with this individual, and now not only are they calling your phone at home, they're calling your cell phone. They're calling your job. Uh, they're, 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 they're calling you saying, I just called to check up on you. But the reality is it's not a matter of just checking up on you out of concern. It is the beginning of the control, and you need to recognize those things. What about the put-downs? The words that are being spoken, the sniping, I call it is sniping because what is happening is that they're speaking to you in a way as if they're 
accusing you, they're setting you up, they're trying to judge your character, and you have to be aware of that because this is where the beginning of domestic violence often starts. When I hear people say, well, they wasn't this way in the beginning. No, you just wasn't cognizant in the beginning. See, the physical abuse doesn't have to start immediately, and that's one of the things that people need to understand, that oftentimes it won't start immediately, but it will gradually get worse. And here's something that you need to understand, and this applies on every level. It doesn't matter whether it's a, an adult relationship or a teenage relationship. Generally, when there has been sexual intercourse, when there has been sex involved, the ownership factor grows even stronger. This person feels a need now to feel like they own you. In many cases, research has shown that the abuser never abused uh, the victim until after they had had sex. Now, am I saying sex bring out the abuser in a person? No, but it's that intimacy there that actually sets the platform of ownership. I mean, think about the language that we become so comfortable with, the language that we use every day that is so comfortable inside of people expressing their endearment toward each other. We say things like, that's mine, the ownership. Yeah, I'm going to get that, the uh, inanimate object, or we objectify things. So you have to keep in mind, anything that we objectify, it makes it easier for us to abuse. And that's why we have to start off very early on in teaching our young our boys as well as our girls to understand that they are not an object. So we got to think about the music that we listen to, the things that we have said, and we don't think nothing of it. But imagine this. When a person, and you hear young people as well as young adults say things like that, I don't mind hitting that. I want to hit that. What is the that? The that is talking about the most private part of a person, but we refer to it as an object. And believe me, anything that you will objectify, you also will dehumanize. And when you dehumanize it and you objectify it, it makes it very easy to abuse it. So keep in mind, when you're in a relationship with someone and they begin to objectify you and they begin to dehumanize you, it makes it easier to hurt you because, in fact, there's no feeling for an object. Watch this. I'm going to hit that. Well, what do you what do you mean hit that? I mean, is that like a drum? What is that? A drum? So you can't talk about uh, about uh, uh, dehumanizing things because of the fact when we start talking about dehumanizing things, what we're simply saying is that this individual is not real. So those are some of the early warning signs. Those are some of the early things that we must keep in mind as it relates to domestic violence. Listen, I hope that you got that because long before the victim is ever beat up, they haven't been down by words and by things that are evil that are said to them. And I just want you to understand that you don't have to remain in a abusive relationship, and perhaps you know someone that is in one. You can be a lifeline to them. I want to talk to you more about that right after the break here. I want you to understand that this is hope and healing, our journey to wholeness, and I trust and hope that you really enjoy uh, this broadcast. Tell somebody about it because I believe that it will make a difference in their lives. This is J.R. Sickman, and I'll see you on the other side of the break. That's Hope and Healing right here on Soul of America Radio. See you right after the break. Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness with your host, J.R. Thickland. We'll be right back. Don't you go nowhere. Don't touch that dial. 
and take it easy. If you're listening to the show tonight and you feel led to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638. And if you're already holding, press 1 to let Jay know that you want to talk. We'll be right back. Your host, J.R. Thicklin. Listen, I've seen it happen 
all across uh, all across this country as I travel this country, speaking uh, and teaching, doing seminars and empowering individuals, speaking at major conferences and things of that nature. I have witnessed across America some of the most horrific things that have happened inside of domestic violence, and so. If you're listening today, you know someone that is uh, abused, someone who's a victim, you have a family member, whoever, it is so important that you reach out to them and let them know that they don't deserve to be abused. And the problem is abuse happens, and it doesn't just come from anywhere. you got to keep in mind, abuse is a learned behavior. Domestic violence is a learned behavior. We learn it. And so just like something is learned, we have to be assured that it can also be unlearned. What do you mean unlearned? We unlearn stuff all the time. As little kids, we were first taught about Santa Claus, and we believed that for a period of time. But we have to unlearn that there isn't a Santa Claus, there isn't a Peter Cottontail, and there's definitely no uh, money at the end of the rainbow. I think we all agree with that one. But we have to unlearn things. Well, with domestic violence, it's a little bit harder than just uh, you know not believing in Santa Claus, but it's about really unlearning that abuse is the way that you get what you want. And we have to be very careful inside of what we demonstrate and what we uh, show inside of our relationship. So it's a learned behavior. When a child grows up in an abusive home, they learn about abuse in one of two ways. They will learn to express themselves in that manner. So they generally do not have tolerance. They generally do not have a sense of uh, cooperation. Neither do they have a sense of negotiation in fairness, I love uh, a piece that was written by Dorothy Law Note many years ago. I guess it was back in the early 70s. Dorothy Law Note, uh, she was an author. Uh, she was a, a psychologist as well. And she wrote a piece called Children Learn What They Live. And I love that piece. And I've used it anytime I open up a, a conference, a workshop, or any of those things. We talk about children learn what they live. And what Dorothy said is if children live with criticism, they learn to condemn. If children live with hostility, they learn to fight. If children live with ridicule, they learn to be shy. If children live with shame, they learn to feel guilty. If children live with encouragement, they learn confidence. If children live with tolerance, they learn to be patient. If children live with praise, they learn to appreciate. If children live with acceptance, they learn to love. If children live with accept if they if children live with approval, they learn to like themselves. If children live with honesty, they learn truthfulness. If children live with security, they learn to have faith in themselves and others. If children live with friendliness, they learn the world is a nice place in which to live. And why is this so crucially important? It is crucially important because of the fact that when children live in a certain environment, they learn to emulate that environment. They learn to do the things in that environment, what they have seen. And so when we start talking about a learned behavior, if a child grows up seeing their mother abused or seeing their father abused, as far as that, they begin to uh, actually process and begin to develop a mindset of thinking, is this the right way to do? Is this is what is expected of us? And we have to keep in mind that too often when we think about children that are abused and we think about uh, domestic violence, we never think about what happens to the child. We never think about the child that witnessed that. That 3.3 million to 11 to 12 million kids a year that are witnessing or are exposed to domestic violence are being impacted. Research has shown us that even brain development of a young child, their cognitive development, all of those things are influenced by domestic violence, what they see. It actually can put them in a position where they have developmental delays, where they begin to have emotional delays, and those things are happening. A lot of times, tolerate, uh, having temper tantrums, 
is directly reflected of the environment that they have grown up in. So what we need to understand that even uh, on every level, we have to address domestic violence. Children, whether they're in pre-K, kindergarten, whether they're in Sunday school at church or whatever program, you need to understand those early warning signs of what's happening with a child who may be experiencing domestic violence. And so it's incumbent upon us to do what we have to do to make sure that our children are not being exposed to domestic violence. And when they are, then we do all that we can in order to make sure that they are not uh, uh, impacted by it. We have to break the cycle. And so many times, when a victim is in an abusive relationship, what occurs is this, is that they feel trapped. They want to get out, but they can't always get out immediately. So that's one of the reasons why we talk about that sometimes we have to be patient even on the victim when they want to leave a relationship. I can assure you three things. I can assure you that that victim does not stay in that abusive relationship because they like being abused. So let me very much say that to you very strongly. They do not remain in an abusive relationship because they enjoy it. They do not remain in it because it's not bad enough. They do not remain in it because of the fact that they know that they're going to get good gifts afterward. They remain in it for many reasons, and some of those reasons you might not understand. But could it be that they remain in it because of the fact that they still love the person that is hurting them. Remember, after all, it didn't start off this way. So oftentimes the victim is believing that that partner will become the person that they first met, that that partner will go back to being that person that loved them initially. Could it be that that victim actually believes that that partner there is just going through things, and oftentimes they will blame themselves, well, maybe if I did this better, maybe if I Maybe if I cook their favorite meal, maybe if I took the pressure off them, they won't abuse. It could be oftentimes that the victim end up blaming themselves, said, wow, you know, maybe if I just would have, you know, wore my hair the way they wanted to. And so it becomes a lot of blame. They're, the victim self-blamed themselves. Or they'll minimize the abuse and say, well, it's not really that bad. Or, or they'll say things like, at least they're not hitting me every day. All of these things, because oftentimes the victim has been made to feel that way. Most of the time when they're abused and physically hit, the first thing that is said by the perpetrator is, see what you made me do? If you had not have done that, I would not have hit you. So there are many things that are going through a victim mind, not to mention that they're afraid. A victim can be very afraid for their lives because you need to understand this, and I want to make sure that as you're listening tonight that you'll understand what I'm about to say to you, that most victims are killed trying to leave an abusive relationship than those that remain inside of it. What are you saying? Let me rephrase it in this way. That the greatest time of danger for a person who is in an, abusive, in an abusive relationship is when they leave that individual. So that's why it's very important to have a safety plan. It's very important to uh, plan that leaving. It's very important to coordinate, get a strategy of how to leave, when to leave. And there are things that we need to understand. You don't need to announce or pronounce or, you know, make this public service announcement to your batter or his family or friends that you're leaving him. Because, once again, when you, the victim, begin to say, I'm leaving you, what you, are, what you have done in the mind of the perpetrator is that now you are usurping authority. You're now trying to take back control and say what you're going to do. They oftentimes will, will interpret it as a threat. So guess what happens inside of that threat? Now they're going to make sure that you don't leave, and the danger does escalate. Now, for you that are friends, family members, loved ones, or whoever that may know someone that is a victim, 
You've got to learn to be patient inside of this because the victim knows their perpetrator better than you do. And they generally know, uh, they, they know their mood. They know how they act. And so in many cases, one of the reasons why it's a graver danger when the perpetrator leaves, uh, well, I mean when the victim leaves, is because guess what? As long as the victim is with the perpetrator, they are somewhat predictable. They kind of know the perpetrator ways. They know their routine. But when they have left the perpetrator, now all of that is broken. Now they're guessing. They have to look over their shoulder. Where where are they? What will happen to me next? So all of those things are something that we need to keep in mind when it comes to leaving. It's a lot easier said than done. Just leave. You have to have a plan a safety plan when to leave. You have to gather those most important papers that you need because you're looking to start your life back over again. And you got to recognize inside of that, it's not always easy And when you leave. And some people say, well, just call the shelter. Just go to the shelter. Uh, you know, uh, you know, go to the shelter. And, and that's not always easy for every victim, especially women of color. Oftentimes they do not choose to go to a domestic violence shelter. That's not where they're comfortable at. Oftentimes there are cultural issues that happen inside of that. And because of those cultural issues, many victims choose not to go to a shelter. So we have to understand that the shelter is not everyone's immediate choice. So we have to think of alternatives, what to do. Oftentimes we've exhausted uh, trying to stay with family members, and all those things are important because when we exhaust staying with family members, it leaves us in a very vulnerable position. And that vulnerable position is one that is felt way too hard when it comes to victims of domestic violence. So I hope that you're enjoying this. I hope that you're hearing something that will inspire you, something that will give you information that will be useful uh, maybe to a victim or a family member or a survivor that you may know. I hope that you stay tuned. Listen, we're coming up on a break here, and I want you to just stay tuned because on the other side of that break, we have some very important information we want to share with you. Hey, share with someone. Let them know that hope and healing a journey to wholeness is on the airway, and I'll see you right after the break. Tell somebody about hope and healing. We're right here on Soul of America Radio, and we look so forward to the other side of the break when we'll start talking about some of the things you can do, the numbers that you can call, where to find help, how that help can be there for you in your time of need. This is J.R. Pickman, Hope and Healing, on the other side of the break.
Needing the voice of wisdom in a relationship. Needing a new direction to go in in an abusive situation. That's why we're here. This is the Soul of America Radio. We now return you back to the show. Retribution in the future, 
Uh, they were scared they weren't going to, you know, be locked up. And they were scared they were going to get beat if we left. And sometimes they were called, we were called because of a neighbor. So there's a lot of hurting people out there, man, and, and, and I, I honestly am thankful to have you. Thank you for accepting the invite to be on the station, man, and it's just a blessing to have you. And I, I although I'm, I'm up in the uh, ICU unit, I'm about to go back in, but I just had to step out, man, because this station means a lot to me and the cause means a lot to me, man. So I just wanted to, to welcome you to the station, man, and you've been doing a great job, brother. Well, I thank you very much, and most of all, I thank you for uh, for having faith in us, for obeying what uh, God spoke to you, and most of all, I just think I'm thankful for you just being just a class stand up a man, and I, I want to say a class stand up man of God because you know you have a passion and you have a heart for those that are hurting, and I thank you for underscoring my point I just made. I, you know, in your years as a police officer, you saw that fear. You saw that fear in oh, that yeah. victim's face. You knew that she, that choice wasn't always easy for, for them. They just wanted right. the abuse to stop. But as a police right. officer, you know, hey, we're going to take them to jail or whatever, and many of them would not call because of the fact That's right. they didn't want them to go to jail. So it's not because they love being beaten, but there are so many other right. dynamics that underlies that. That's right. And in a lot of, a lot of our instances, uh, they would just look for that moment. They would they would call or have a neighbor to call sometimes because they were too scared. And uh, so they would have a neighbor to call. I would call the switchboard and say, tell them a neighbor calls if he comes to the door because they were scared that if, he, that, you know, somebody called, well, we would tell them, well, a neighbor called because they heard some screaming. And they would look for that one second for us to separate them so they can say, get me out of here. And Wow. It pains my heart sometimes to think about they're looking at us and they're giving us these eyes, and they're, they're, and a lot of times perpetrators or people that are abusers don't wear a sign that says, I'm an abuser. They're some of the most well-spoken, soft-spoken, intelligent creatures that you can see. And I've had doctors stand up in front of me with the, with the meekest look, the gentlest smile, and say, why are you here? And in the other room, his wife is crying, saying, get me out of here. So uh, it, you're right. It, it's very serious. And you underscore something that's so important. It's the fact that so many times people think they have in their mind an image what an abuser would look like and what an abuser would, would, would sound like. But the reality is is that there is no certain profile. They can be anyone of any stature, of any position. They could be the most educated, most well-rounded, well-spoken, professional individual. So it's not a matter of saying, well, you know, guys that are uneducated mm-hmm. or guys that are, uh, you know, that are struggling or guys that are employed are the ones that's committing abuse. Not at all. It crosses every social, right. economic, and ethnic line. And I, and I really appreciate you bringing that out because so many times people are deceived by those things there because they have had an image in their mind what an abuser look like, and guess what? It might not look like they think it does. The person that they may mm-hmm. be looking at could very much be that abuser. That's true, Jay. That is so true, man. And, and this platform that you've uh, so graciously uh, uh, stood up to to to, uh, to get the word out from, uh, I'm sure, man, there are people out there that are hurting, and I'm sure that this opens up an avenue, a door, uh, that, that can get them a little more conscious of what's going on. And even family members, you touched on it a minute ago, and I know the time is slipping, but you touched on it a minute ago that a lot of times family members that see this abusive relationship, they're going to meet resistance 
from the person being abused. And and they're going to know, yes, he hits me, but I, I shouldn't be doing this or I, I really shouldn't do that or I'm just going to give him one more chance and I'm, I'm going to just try it a little bit longer. We got kids. I can't do this. So uh, I, I admonish the people, the family and the close friends, don't give up on them. Don't give up. You might be the only voice that can get them out of an abusive situation or a casket. You, you hit it right on the head, and that's the same message I would echo, is not to give up on them because of the fact, you know, they you have audience with them, and they will come out when they feel like they can, but it, def, it definitely doesn't help when we get frustrated and we start, you know, accusing them or we start putting them down ourselves, we, we just join the side of the abuser when we start saying, you're crazy, you know, you must love it. No, not at all. Um, oftentimes they have to be strategic even when they get out of the abusive relationship. So the greatest thing that they can, a uh, family member can do is have an ear, be understanding, listen, and embrace it, and it will make all the difference in the world. Amen, brother. So Welcome I appreciate board, you. I appreciate you. Thank you so very much. We here, uh, definitely the, the whole soul of a radio, uh, America Radio family, are, we're praying for you. You're there at the hospital with your mom, and we're covering you in prayer. And uh, just know that we stand with you, man. You're not by yourself. Oh, I believe it, brother, and that's appreciated. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Right. We're very, very privileged to have uh, the president of the Soul of America Radio online there. Uh, he's there in the hospital there visiting his mother. Uh, there she's in uh, ICU. She's in critical condition. So I ask that you pray and continue to pray with me for, for Mother um, Stallings there, that God would touch her and heal her and, uh, and just as she'll come with a speedy recovery. Listen, our time is almost up for this first week, but let me make sure I share a few things with you that I want you to keep in mind those early warning signs that we talked about earlier. If you know someone that's in an abusive situation, you can call 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. And that's so very important for you to remember as we uh, – address this issue of domestic violence. Those of you that may be in the Florida area or anywhere around, I want to tell you about an event that we're having coming up uh, on um, October 13th. It's going to be an event called An Evening of Hope and Healing, a Domestic Violence Awareness Gala and Musical. And we're asking that you come join us as we raise awareness and honor victims and survivors of domestic violence and their families in an evening of hope and healing, and we have many, many uh, special guests. These are recording artists, national recording artists, uh, Pastor Helen Miller, uh, uh, Sandria uh, Taylor, uh, Terry Nelson of this area, uh, Jimmy Hicks and the Voices of Integrity, uh, Wendy Shelton Boykins, as well as um, Lenore's McFadden and Proof. And join us, meaning our organization, Destiny by Choice, and we're in partnership here on this project with Florida Resource Center for Women and Children. And we invite you to join us uh, on that evening of Hope and Healing. Listen, our time is almost gone, but I want to just remind you to join us, stay in tune with us. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, we're just about uh, off the airway and getting ready to go. But uh, tune in on Thursday. Listen to right there with Bo there on this broadcast on the Big on the Big Easy there at, at 9 o'clock Eastern Time here on Soul of America Radio, as well as listen to... Oh, hell no, devil. And that's on Saturday there with Tracy and Evelyn at 8 o'clock. And until next week, this is J.R. Thicklin. Thank you for being a part of this inaugural broadcast here with 
uh, Soul of America Radio. And until next time, I say goodbye. Have a great day. And as we leave you, I just want you to know that you can have hope and you can find healing. Until next week, thank you so very much. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.